Hello and welcome to Threecast, the podcast from Remit Consulting. This month, we've gathered experts from across the industry for a mashup of perspectives on what makes property an exciting place to be. Thanks. How are you, Em? I'm really good. Really good. Yeah. So uh, what news have you got for me today? So I'm going to keep the news super brief today because we've got a jam-packed lineup of some brilliant guests. But just quickly, um, it's quite topical, actually. But earlier in February, uh, Taylor Wimpy appointed Jenny Daly as their new chief exec. Taylor Wimpy is a UK house builder and one of the FTSE 100. And this makes Taylor Wimpy the third FTSE 100 company to have both a female CEO and female chair so congrats to Jenny Daly and I think this is excellent news all around. Ace um you you mentioned that that's topical but before we get to that should we just first address the elephant in the room or not in the room where's Paddy? (laughs) Well with it being International Women's Day just around the corner on the 8th of March we thought we should maybe develop a podcast dedicated to some of the voices of the brightest women in the industry. So we've kicked him out. (laughs) Although it's not all bad news. Um, We've had so much amazing content from these industry superstars that we've actually made two episodes this month. So lucky listeners. (laughs) Indeed. But let's kick this one off then, Em. So you're reasonably new to the industry yourself. So I'd really like to hear what you found interesting so far. So what I've seen so far is that for an industry that's centred on non-living things, we're talking about buildings, built environment. These aren't living things we're talking about. It seems to be one of the most personable industries I think you could come across. Everyone jokes that like everyone knows everyone. And as far as I've seen, that seems to be quite true in many cases. Coming straight into the working world from uni where you spend your life surrounded by people, you're in a student house of like stupid numbers all crammed in. I was quite worried that working world was going to be very transactional. And I think the property industry being so personal kind of takes, well, it makes transactions less transactional. So, so far, I really love the fact that everyone seems to know everyone. It's like we're one big group. So that's that's my wholesome perspective. (laughs) That's really sweet. (laughs) Good change. Six months in, guys. Only six months. (laughs) Kat, what about you? Um, Mine's... (laughs) Mine's a bit silly, really. It's it's kind of that you can touch it. Well, it's well, it's a little bit more than that. So I, actually, this sounds awfully egotistical. Um, I'll set myself up here. I'd never been to London or even a really like a proper city um, until I was eighteen, and I really love walking around and looking at all the fab buildings and thinking smugly, "Yep, that's one of mine." Um, and it's a bit ridiculous because I might have played the tiniest part in the smallest project. Um, But I still feel very much that I've changed the lives of everyone who works or lives or plays there. And even if they don't know it or don't necessarily appreciate my tiny element, um, it gives me a really warm, fuzzy feeling. I love that. You're just going around stroking buildings. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, Sort of feeling very uh, like a a sort of benevolent overlord. (laughs) Well, moving on from that bit of a power trip for Kat um, to our wonderful lineup of guest speakers from property management to 
directors we've got so many coming up it's going to be a really good one so we've asked these high flyers what they also love about the industry so kicking off today's lineup emily spoke with natasha from uveen a few days ago Natasha, lovely to see you again. Welcome back to Recast. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. So what have you been up to since we last spoke to you? Well, really surviving the storm. So we had some issues with uh, our chimney stack being sort of blown over. So yeah, being being some interesting times in the storm. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad you haven't been blown away. No, everyone's safe. Just a few bricks, you know, loose. (laughs) That's all right. So for our listeners who haven't yet listened to the last podcast, Natasha is the Associate Vice President, Global Alternatives Products Real Estate at Nuveen, and she was also one of EG's future female leaders. Today, we want to talk a bit about why do we love property? What is it about this industry that just makes you keep coming back to work, I guess? Yeah, I guess and it's interesting for me because I haven't always been into the property world. So I've always been in financial services, but before mainly working on funds related to, you know, stocks and shares and that sort of thing. So I came to property a little bit later on, about four years ago. And really, and it's the main reason I really enjoy where I work is the tangibility of the asset class. You know, you walk around like everyone lives in a building, hopefully, and, you know, you work in an office. So there's so much, it's re- it's real life, you know, it's as a building owner can have a real impact on people's lives. So I think just having and being able to see and, you know, looking at the skyline saying, oh, that's a building that Nuveen built and this is how it contributes to people's lives and the communities we we serve is, is really interesting to me. And that's sort of one of the big drivers that pushed me into the industry. That's really interesting because I think it lends weight to quite a lot of what you said in the previous episode about making actual positive change and having that impact that in property you can track because like you said it's such a tangible industry so physical it's literally the material world we live in that exactly changes are so easy to track yeah and I think when you think about sort of traditional building owners you probably don't think about all the ways it impacts your lives but you might live in a, a block of flats that someone like Nuveen built or you might go you know even schools or senior housing facilities or it could be anything which I think people probably associate like the property sector with just traditional high rises office buildings probably in London and that's about it but it's way broader than that I always think a really good example of it is um the new development in King's Cross because that has such a wide scale of different buildings there you know you've got retail you've got office you've got leisure you've got all sorts of things and really it contributes to build it like driving a community to one area to you know have that sort of destination experience in one place and you if you think about somewhere like King's Cross and people go to like nice restaurants or go to nice shops or whatever they probably don't associate it with investors like Nuveen building that area and actually adding to the community and but that is really what we do I used to live in King's Cross and it's such a different experience being in that area than it used to be. Whereas before, you know, when I lived there, you really go to King's Cross mainly to travel to somewhere else because it's great. It's really well connected. Actually, it's now that destination and it brings communities and people together in that place. Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting way that I see property developing is that that sort of mixed use concept and 
placemaking and bringing people together. And that's something that property can do that very, very few other investment asset classes can do. Placemaking is a word that I think's really had a resurgence and lots of people are talking about it now. I see placemaking as something that might help improve the reputation of the property industry in terms of being slow to change and also sometimes quite environmentally like degrading. So I think this idea that it can make positive community impacts is a really nice change. I think it's a nice shift that we're seeing now. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think definitely property is one of the areas where people think they're least likely to change and adapt, but it's definitely coming. And I think to your point, one of the key areas is sustainability because, you know, we have regulatory change such as mandatory um, minimum ratings on that, you know, your EPC certificate. So, you know, buildings have to be a D or a C or something along those lines. So you've got that piece, but also really people want to live and work in more sustainable buildings. So that's like one area where property can have a huge difference because of the impact that they have on the environment just in terms of air carbon emissions, but also to be able to rethink as to how they invest and not just investing. And again, to come back to the impact discussion we had last time, not just invest with profit in mind, but also invest with other drivers being the, the background as to why you're making that investment. Um, and yeah, I think it does improve the image of, of property from being, you know, maybe this like fat cat who's just out for money bags rather than that and actually engaging with local people and finding out what is good for an area rather than what's just good for their pockets. Yeah, and I think a lot of the developments we're seeing and have seen in recent times in London have been really positive in that. Like yeah. King's Cross is a great example of really creating a hub yeah and I think I mean there's two things to that and one is is probably completely irrelevant to this but I will say it anyway but the concept of garden cities and town planning and the way that they sort of they intended to be more community-based to be able to do everything one place is kind of interesting that that's coming back you know more I guess that's more of a cultural um, point in terms of town planning but that is interesting to bring people together but I also think that from a, particularly from a, an office perspective, the more developments you're seeing do have like, you know, a market in the ground floor. That's something we've seen. They've got roof terraces, you know, that it's somewhere that's enjoyable to be. And I think that is based on a few different things that are happening, happening more generally that people probably don't think impact property directly. But, you know, everyone's heard about this great resignation. So sort of attracting talent and retaining people to work for you having somewhere where they actually enjoy being and enjoy coming to work is really important so things like that are really important for us to recognize and address but they ultimately then create that place and create that good community and encourage people to stay within the building but it's an outside factor that we as property owners have to address because ultimately if fewer people uh, you know, working in an office, and there's going to be less need for offices. So you really have to adapt to that demand and see what people need and see what people want and, and address that because, you know, you will lose out if you don't adapt and, and change to the, the demand of um, your occupiers. It's definitely a, a shift of power and it's not necessarily replicated everywhere because if you think that's from an office perspective, and I do think we're going to see that more and more and I think it was started with the with the WeWork having Prosecco coming out at three o'clock because that's what you want to do and, and having just a better work-life balance overall and, and how 
property can contribute to that balance. Mm. Um, and but it's not necessarily happened everything. If you and if you think about residential schemes and and housing schemes, certainly in some areas there are this drive to have more leisure or hospitality or something there within that scheme. But yeah. still, places like London, really, it's so expensive that you're yeah. kind of driven to somewhere where you can afford to live rather than that has the best amenities. Mm. So I wonder whether we will start to, with this sort of, this view that the pandemic has um, meant that people are moving out of the city and more rural to get more space um, and have, you know, a better quality of life, whether we'll start to see residential schemes having to address that by having those amenities going back to why I like property quality of your life and your home life could be dependent on whether we see certain sort of mega trends changing the way that we build buildings is really it's fascinating you tied that up in such a beautiful circle that (laughs) there's so much that property can suggest about shifts in all kinds of areas it really is an industry I think to be loved and to be appreciated for more than just high-rise buildings thank you so much Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Good to speak to you. Our next guest started her property career with JLL before joining Remit mid-pandemic in 2020. Her master's dissertation focused on the motivations of corporate real estate companies to go green. And since being with Remit, she's worked on projects from asset management restructuring to process improvement. For her first time on this podcast, it's Remit assistant consultant, Emily Brooks. Emily, it is a delight to have you. It's a delight for me as well. Thank you for having me, guys. So before I actually ask you what it is about property that you love, I'm fascinated by your dissertation. Like what, what made you pick that topic? Well, I think for me, sustainability is um, the most interesting aspect of um, real estate, just because it is obviously the built environment is such a huge contributor to um, global carbon emissions. Um, to throw a stat in there, it's around 40%. So I just thought that was um, utterly shocking and something, you know, sustainability is something that I'm interested in and I follow in my everyday life in other ways as well. So I thought that there was sort of a personal motivation there as well. Um, I found a few interesting stats. I thought it was a very fascinating uh, project for me. And yeah, on, on the whole, I really enjoyed it. So did you find that, is there a trend? I mean, I don't know, you might be like, what a stupid question, but is there a trend that more corporate real estate companies are going green? Have they kind of taken that up quite quickly or is yeah. it radical? Yeah, they, they have for sure. But my my question was generally, what are the motivations? And for me, I found it was um, unfortunately um, driven by money and unsurprisingly really because it's you know the corporate world and business is driven by money but there are rules and regulations obviously there's the legal aspect there's um the pr so that kind of draws upon greenwashing as well but uh, overall they're looking for better pr so that they can have more business hence the better you know higher income so in my opinion it was um it's highly driven by money but yes to answer your question it is has been rapidly um on the rise for that reason I think there's often a like negative portrayal of um, businesses being driven by money. And we've spoken about this a bit before on previous podcasts about ways that you can kind of align monetary goals with mm. sustainability goals. Mm. Do you think that that like, negative perception of being money driven is kind of damaging to the overall trend of going more green? Or do you think that, yeah, they should have 
the motivation to grow green should be enough without the monetary drive it's a good question because you know it's what people say about well it doesn't matter what the motivation is because if it's if it's happening it's happening right um Mm. the only damaging thing is when there's greenwashing and people are told lies by companies so that is where it's damaging in my opinion if it is driven by money is it such a bad thing because it needs to happen fast Mm. um so companies need to go green and regardless of the motivation as long as it's it's happening going ahead and they're being truthful about it then that's fine and you know business is driven by the consumer and businesses need money so i mean i get it i totally get it i'm not saying it's a negative thing per se it's just um it was just interesting yeah it's just kind of the way the world is exactly yeah so was your dissertation the reason that you have gone on to well i'm hoping love the world property are they connected (laughs) They definitely are connected. And I think obviously ESG and uh, sustainability is such a huge part of the industry now. So I find that um, anything ESG related, um, you know, whether it's to do with BRIAM or um, EPC ratings, I find that very fascinating. Um, I feel like in terms of the question, why do I love property? I feel like I am cheating that question a bit because I'm on um, the consultancy side of things. I was, as you said, in a corporate um, real estate company before. Um, which I really enjoyed, but I wanted to move on to the consultancy side of things because I felt like that was where uh, my interests lay. Um, And yeah, I do generally enjoy this side of it a lot because I have my an understanding of property and we're working obviously with property clients. Um, So I have that side of it, but I also love the consultancy side a lot more because we're sort of helping the clients and and doing business development with them um, and doing, you know, essentially identifying where they need to improve. And that for me suits me a lot more similar side we're both in consultancy and we both work together in similar ish things I know I've learned so much about the property industry having never Mm -hmm. directly worked inside it like is there something that you've learned having been on the consultant side that's kind of really stuck with you or like a standout over your year or so of working with Remit um okay so I think one thing that I've learned working with a couple of European clients which has been really interesting is that they all I mean it sounds obvious when I say it but they all have very very different ways of doing things and so for example when we have a client which is European they want to make um, you know the systems or their um their property management unanimous um, across Europe it is quite difficult because they all have different steps along the way um whether it's a small or a large company you have to um you have to sort of really account for 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 different I don't want to say cultures because it's not about the culture it's about um their approach but I think um trying to get that balance has been very interesting because from you know the UK to Switzerland or to Austria or to France they have very very different attitudes towards um, the way their businesses work so that's been interesting I'm hoping you don't mind me sharing that you you spent a year in Paris or was it around France and you speak French so I'm imagining these European clients are kind of a bit more interesting for you because you have lived on the continent, as they say. (laughs) Exactly. No, I'm yet to use my French and I'm I'm, I'm scared of using it now because it might be a bit rusty, especially in the business scenario. But hopefully I'll get there at some stage. Sometimes I find it frustrating because... I feel like I, you know, I speak another language. And then when I, when it comes to Spanish or, or Germany, and I obviously have no idea what they're saying. So it's, yes, I speak French, but there's just so much more to learn. So, well, I won't take up too much more of your time. I'm sure that these European clients have many a thing to keep <laughs> you busy, but it has been great talking to you, Emily. And that was Remit's assistant consultant, Emily Brooks. And in the nature of it, au revoir, Emily. <laughs> au revoir, merci beaucoup. Thank you.
When I first started at Remit, I noticed that any mention of this next guest's name was followed by an approving, oh yes, she's very good. And she struck me as a bit of a property management celebrity. So we are very, very pleased to welcome Emma Orford, Director of Property Management at BNP Paribas Real Estate. Hi, nice to uh, see you again. Hello, Emma. Thank you very much for joining. So could you please tell us what it is you find particularly interesting or what you love about working in the property industry? Uh, I think for me, it's about the fact that property is physical. So we spend so much time, and it's ironic because I do data and spreadsheets, but we spend so much time looking at data and spreadsheets. Property is nice because you can see it physically. Um, It's a built environment. And especially if you think about ESG and um, opportunities, I would say, around that in terms of what we can give back to the environment. It's really a great place to be. Um, And of course, it's numbers. Everybody likes numbers. I saw recently in Property Week that 36% of UK commercial real estate professionals think that the ESG ambitions of their companies are minimal at best or non-existent. And only 14% said that they see their organisations as pioneers in ESG. Do you think that's true? What do you, how would you react to that? I mean, I think ESG means different things for different people. And obviously, as a service line, that's often looking at the bigger picture and, and what we can do for our clients and, and our occupiers. But I think it goes right down to what you're doing as a business yourself. I was doing a, um, a, a call with one of my team leaders and we were talking about strategy for the year. And one of the things I asked them is, what are you doing in terms of this, this area, in terms of ESG? And they, their answer was, well, I do data. And I said, yeah, but what day-to-day, whether it's in the office or giving back to the community, are we doing? And I think it's really important because it can be seen as a disconnect. You know, ESG is something that you specialize in as opposed to what you do in, in every single day. So I'd like to think that everybody should have a part to play, but that businesses need to integrate it more. Yes, totally. Um, I felt this is a common theme on Recast, but do you, like, do you think that, 30, um, that 14% is going to increase? Do you think more people are going to become ESG pioneers? Is, is the attitude changing in practical terms? I think practically more people will get involved. I'm not sure if I'd call everyone pioneers, but I think people will need to get involved and that will become, that will be driven by cost or it'll be driven by government reporting requirements. But as that sort of comes through, everyone's going to have to do their part. So it it definitely will grow. But until there's pressure on the cost side of things in terms of there's a benefit for you to do it, I think that's when you'll see a, a speedy growth in this area. But it's definitely something we're seeing a lot more in terms of the requests we're getting for um, agreements and management. When I think about ESG, particularly in terms of property, I think we're in an industry where we can kind of see those changes quite clearly. I think we're often pointed to as the bad guys, um, but now we're seeing that people are making positive change. There's kind of a lot of traction with ESG and property. Do you think that's one of the attractive qualities of property as an industry? I think it is. I definitely think when we look at uh, new people coming into the property industry, that's definitely something that's um, of appeal to them. So, you know, you've got a lot of graduates coming in with a passion for the environment or sustainability and and you're seeing growth in that sector. So it's definitely attracting talent. And I do think people feel good about it if they can give back. It's not just making money. Yeah, that like double, I was going to say double-edged sword. That's probably not what I meant. Double-edged. Double-edged. Benefit. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I was trying to think of another analogy. Emma, I just wanted to ask um, very quickly, because your your career has been really interesting. What's the most interesting thing you'd say you've you've worked on? I know that's quite a big question. I think um, the part of my job that I enjoy the most is change management, which is often the toughest part in, in working with, dare I say, the property industry. People are quite set in their ways. But bringing people through that change is really re- rewarding, especially because it is challenging. And um, 
that involves all sorts of things in different projects and projects are always really interesting and they can be tough. You know, it, it really is property is a people business and change is all about people. You can, you can have the technology, but unless you can take people on that journey, it doesn't really deliver anything. So for me, the projects that I enjoy are around people, but I also enjoy the projects that affect the landscape. So we're, we're working with big clients and it can be big or small clients, but clients that are affecting their communities and uh, affecting the people they deal with every single day. That's really rewarding. Do you have any specific change anecdotes that you could share with us? That's a really good question. I think I have been through a number of scenarios where people have just said no, so <laughs> it will never work. And it can be quite tough, especially if you are at the time maybe more junior and you're trying to sort of get people on board and people just say, no, it's never going to work. I think I had one person say, if you can get people to agree, I'll, you know, I'll be super impressed. And to me, that was a challenge. And sometimes it requires a lot of handholding and building bridges. But um, I've done a couple of projects. I won't mention them in detail where I've, I've, we've been pretty proud that we've got them across the line and they haven't been easy. But when you look back, you think actually it's been teamwork and everyone's kind of got together and we've done it. I will say a lot of change is often driven by a need to deliver really quickly. Yeah. And that's where you rely on the people who just know how to get on with things. Sorry, it doesn't quite answer the question, <laughs> but um, I'm trying to be political. <laughs> no, that that's fair enough. I was being a little bit spicy. It's slightly off topic, but I think it's really important if we look at people coming into our industry is making sure that we're supporting the non-grad grads. I think surveying um, historically has been really focused on surveyors coming up through the APC. But in terms of what I do deal with in terms of data and systems, I think we have to change a little bit and start looking outside of that traditional model and look for um, people who don't fit the normal mold and make sure that we're supporting them in a grad scheme-like manner but one that's fit for the roles of the future. And I think we, we need to kind of do that more as an industry. So, and that's diversity of skill set. Do you think property is definitely moving towards a less property centric model and more towards the specific skills? I think it's changing in the sense that, um, you know, when I started years ago, there was no such thing as data services that just didn't exist. And the idea of hiring tech people into a property team just just wasn't even on anyone's mind so now that that is definitely on the cards and you see more and more people do that the challenge is where do you get that resource from and I don't think we've quite adapted to that yet um, so property is changing it's still going to be partly the traditional model and as I said it will always be a people business but I do think that diversity of skills it's changing and you know we mentioned ESG it's the same thing ESG in its form today um, as it's branded today, did not exist many years ago. Although I'm sure a lot of people are doing a lot of good things in the world of ESG. So now that's a career in itself. My last question for you is, are you a property person or are you a tech person or are you a something else person? Ooh, what I are you? <laughs> think I am a hybrid person. That's a really good question. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> IT said maybe I should join them. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'd last very long in the IT department. I definitely think I, I sit in the middle. So I'd like to think that I understand a little bit about IT, but there's lots I don't understand. And I understand a little bit about property and maybe my skill set is translating the two, which sometimes works well, sometimes doesn't. But I'd like to think that's my skill set. A multilingual cool. in the property <laughs> sphere. Brilliant. Thank you very, very much. Right. I'm Orford. Thanks very much. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. 
So another familiar voice for you guys, this time from a giant of corporate real estate. We know she's got some stories, so we're very pleased to have Remit's Director of Corporate Real Estate with us today. Welcome, Lorna Landells. Hi, Lorna. Hi, hello. Thanks hello. for inviting me on. Nice to have you back. It's good to be back. I feel like I'm amongst friends again. So, Lorna, I know that you've got uh, years of experience and some really, really interesting insights. Basically, what it is that you find so interesting about property and why why you're still around? Oh, yes. <laughs> why and how I'm still around is quite a quite a question. And people in the property industry who know me will also be wondering how I'm still around. <laughs> uh, but um, it's not property per se that I, I like. I mean, it's just a commodity, isn't it? It's just a lump of bricks or stone or whatever it's made of. Um, it's more about the people that are attracted to property, for whatever reason, tend to be sociable, extroverted, which I'm not in any way whatsoever. And that's why I'm attracted to them, because they like to, they like to have a good time. And property also gives you these quirky, weird experiences. I mean, it really does. You'd think there's this building, it's been standing forever. How could it possibly be interesting? But it's when you actually get involved with it, you realise there is no such thing as a normal day in property. Yeah, I love that. So I guess it's like the variety of everything it has to offer. Well, it is. And I know that sounds like, oh, God, she must be really boring. She finds it that property has variety. <laughs> but it really does. I mean, I have in the past inspected haunted buildings, um, genuinely haunted buildings that freaked me out. Buildings that people said were haunted that weren't. I have been down in tunnels. I've been in attics. I have I've met people because you go and inspect properties that have got businesses in that you would never know that that business existed. I've talked to people about the intricacies of colostomy bags. I've met people who are packing all the fruit boxes for Pret-a-Manger. I've seen the biggest spider in my life walk past me in Leeds, of all places. It's You don't know what property is going to bring for you. Seems, seems we have a lot of skeletons in the closets, <laughs> buildings as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I know that when I started um, working in the property industry, the thing that I thought was, gosh, I didn't realise any of these were things that had to happen. And, yes. and I just thought naively, because I was 18, that buildings existed and you went to them and everything was fine. And there's all kinds of stuff which hopefully stays behind the scenes for the users, which is that making them work and, you know, <laughs> collecting Yorkshire spiders and things like that. Yes, I <laughs> that was in the fruit packing plant. And uh, when I pointed out that it had just wandered past, the guy said, oh, they're usually dead, <laughs> which, was, which didn't give me hope for the rest of the inspection. <laughs> But certainly the people you meet are really interesting and everybody's got a different view of what's going on in a property. You've got the investors who really, really don't care about the building. It's how's it performing. You've got the facilities people who really care about the building and how it's performing in a different way. Then you've got the property managers who just want everybody to leave them alone. And you've got... You've got the structural engineers who are bothered about if it's still going to be standing in six months or whatever. So everyone's got a different view of what the property is. Thank you very, very much, Lorna. That was brilliant. And um, if anyone wants to hear more from Rumit's expert on hauntings, um, (laughs) 
she also speaks on earlier podcasts so if you've not listened please do <laughs> thank you that's all we've got time for in today's episode please do keep an ear out for the second installment of our special international women's day edition which will go from ceo to ceo via rising stars and thought leaders and importantly have cat's cliche in it if you want to keep up to date with our team in the meantime be sure to give us a follow on instagram at recast.pod where profiles of our guests will be available to keep you entertained thank you very much to our guests so far and as always to our listeners 